Welcome to the Severe MMA Podcast Premium. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. What's up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of the Severe MMA Podcast. We promised you on the last edition of the podcast uh, that we would look ahead to next week. So I decided to come on here myself uh, to have a look uh, through them and look at the fights coming up this weekend. Uh, as always, I won't give you a long speed, but check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code Severe MMA. Get 20% off and free shipping over there they support lots of fighters in the ufc and they support us so it'd be great if you supported them to manscaped.com promise code severe mma get 20 percent off and free shipping so let's get straight into the fights here i won't keep you too long uh maybe a 20 minute quick look at the fights this weekend and i'm just after coming here i was sitting down in the man cave i decided all right i'm gonna look at islam makachev i'm gonna look at tiago mize's fights uh and come on here immediately and talk about it and it's a very, very intriguing matchup. I haven't looked at the the odds yet. Maybe I'll I'll pull them up as we're uh, as we're here. But I would be surprised if anyone was a big favorite here because these two guys to me are very, very evenly matched. Now, I think that you know Makachev is a very, very hard man to deal with. Um, you don't know what to you know where it's going to come from you don't know where the takedown is going to come from but you know it is coming and it's going to be very hard to deal with but Mises is a tough guy too now Makachev and just looking here he's a minus 750 plus 490 for Mises I would suggest that you bet on Mises at that price now now do I think who do I think will win I think Makachev will win but I think that's a lot closer of a fight than that suggests having watched a couple of uh, Makachev fights the way he struggles most is with strong guys against the cage who were able to pull him up and turn him and stop him getting the takedown there. Moises is very good at that. Um, and an elite ground game as well. So if it does get to the ground, look, I think Makachev will probably dominate. But I think Moises... I, I, I think because of the kind of... Um, the reputation Makachev has, he's such a big favourite here. I think he should be like minus 250 or something like that, a, a 2 to 1, 2.5 to 1 on favourite, and maybe you get Moises at, at 2 to 1 or 1.5 to 1 or something like that. When it's coming up to 5 to 1 for Moises to win this fight straight up, and I'm not going to do this in the betting preview, but just looking at that, I think he had these are two very similarly, um, uh, you know, ranked fighters in terms of my me looking at him. I think look, I think the difference is once Makachev gets the fight to the ground, he is just so heavy and so dominating on top. It's it's easier for him to dominate. Now, Moises, we know he's unbelievably good uh, jiu-jitsu and everything like that, but it's harder, as we know in this day and age, to get submissions to finish a fight there, whereas uh, Makachev can, you know, wear you out, is very good at constantly getting takedowns, and I think that's, you know, that will be the winning of the fight for him. Uh, on the feet, I think Moises is very good. I think he's very good defensively and then can counter, but doesn't counter too much, so that's, you know... Why basically he's very good defensively. Fought against uh, Alexander Hernandez. Just watched that fight. Who's a southpaw. And we've seen uh, Makachev fighting a lot out of southpaw as well. And dealt pretty well with that. Um, so on the feet. You know. If Moises is able to keep it there. 
I think he'll fancy himself. Uh, Makachev is no joke on the feet either, and he's very good. And uh, you know, he is. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people obviously talk about him in the same breath as Habib. I think he's a little bit different than Habib in that he doesn't rush in as much. He isn't kind of balls to the wall, get the takedown. If he sees the opportunity, he absolutely will attack. You know, like Habib, as hard as Habib attacked. But I think he's more of a, you know, puts you against the wall, more of a normal takedown artist, but with like that elite ability to get you down in the end. And it's almost, you know, less... Um, uh, less cardio driven than Habib would Habib has that unbelievable cardio I don't think Makachev needs as much cardio to get you down and is this I, I assume this is five rounds I think over five rounds if he's not finished by Mises you know I think he will take over that fight and he will win it uh, the later it goes but I think it's a really really fun fight if Mises can keep it standing as I said I think he has a very good chance or if he can, you know, catch uh, Makachev with something, or Makachev with something. But, uh, yeah, I think um, Islam will just be too good on top for him. But uh, it's a really, really fun... I, I don't know if fun fight the word, but I think it's the, the type of fight that people who love the technical battles in fights will really enjoy. And I think it will go, you know, five rounds. I think it'll probably go five rounds. I think it'll go late uh, either way. And I'm really, really looking forward uh, to that one happening at the weekend. Uh, in the 155 pound division on oh, Makachev 19 and 1 if he gets to 20 and 1 let me just look at the rankings here where is he ranked he's ranked number 9 at the moment above that is Hooker Dosanyas Ferguson McGregor Chandler you know, you're getting to that level when you get there so he'll be one to one of those big fights next and for Moises who's ranked number 14 it's his moment to kind of steal that shine and get to that level. So a big, big fight for him. Um, Marion Renault and Misha Tate is the co-main event here as well. Misha Tate back uh, for the first time in in a long time. Let me just look at her record here. The last time she fought was against Raquel Pennington. All the way back in 2016. The McGregor Alvarez night, uh, incidentally. So that's a long, long time. She had a, a grappling bout with Jessica High in Submission Underground back in 2016. It was only a month after that. So she hasn't competed since then. She's had... Um, I don't know if she had two kids or what. She's definitely had one kid at least anyway. And coming back here against Marion Renault, I think it's her last fight and she's getting on as well. I think she's in her 40s now. Um, you know, we've seen Renault. She's long and, and tough and has good ground game and stuff like that. But she does get taken down an awful lot. And I feel like a take coming in here the best way to kind of get that ring rust off you, I feel like might be a couple of takedowns, might be landing on top, getting into half guard, you know, we'll see a lot of half guard from Makachev, the uh, the Dagestanis love that, and Habib certainly, that's their best position, I feel like Misha Tate, if she can get there, land a bit of ground and pound, I think Matt, that might be her way forward, uh, against uh, Marie Noineau, um, so I'm look, look, I'm looking forward to seeing Misha back, like, like anyone with a big name, you know, in divisions where there really aren't that many people, she could be fast-tracked. So, Misha gets a big win here, she could be put into a big fight quickly, or, dare I say it, put in against Amanda Nunes again. Now, do I think she should be? Absolutely not. Do I think she could be? I've seen stranger things happen, but, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's imperative for Tate to win this, just to prove as well, you know, five years out, just to prove she kind of still has it, that she's able to turn around. You know, we've seen, uh, you know, Misha, or um, uh, Mackenzie Dern before, just after she came back from having a baby. It was very, very tough. And then she was able to bounce back in the next couple of fights. And now she looks, you know, better than ever. Um, for Misha Tate, I'm sure it'll be a similar sort of thing. And I think maybe those takedowns might be the, the way to get through it for her. But a big fight for Misha Tate. Look forward to, to seeing her back. Always, you know, one of the favourites inside and outside of the cage. I think for a lot of people... 
you know, watching MMA and, and covering it as well. Um, after that, there's some fantastic fights on this card. Uh, Matthias Gamrot against Jeremy Stevens. What a fight that is. Gamrot 18 and 1 now. Came into the UFC a bit disappointing, but looked fantastic in his last fight. Jeremy Stevens will bring the heat. He will bring the heat, and I do not think that will be a good thing against Gamrot. I think this is a dangerous fight for Stevens. Uh, I think Gamrot will be winning this one. Uh, uh, this is going to be an absolute banger. Gamrot is only minus 230. I think that's free money. Uh, this is going to be a fun fight. 155 pounds as well. I think Stevens is better at 145 pounds. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that one. Hadalfo Vieira back again here at 185 uh, against Dustin Stuffholz, uh, Billy Q. Good fight against the Gabriel um, Benitez. Mandalimas, 9-1-1, one, one, uh, is fighting on this card as well. Uh, and the, the brother of the champ, uh, Figueredo, is uh, also on it against uh, Malcolm Gordon. So, um, you know, not a bad card overall. Uh, looking forward especially to the main event. But those other fights as well are, uh, are definitely worth... Uh, Sticking around for and maybe uh, watching a little bit earlier. Miles Johns as well uh, on this against uh, Anderson Dos Santos. One of the opening bouts at 135 pounds and always at 125 pounds. I mentioned Figueroa, but he's fighting, um, you know, Malcolm Garden uh, at this uh, at this weight as well. And like. <sighs> When you, whenever you see a 125 pound fight, I saw it earlier and I was like, well, it's Figueredo. What? Figueredo fighting? I say, oh, no, it's the brother. You know, a win and you're right up there at the top of that division. You could say that from, for some other divisions as well. You know, even, you know, Limas against uh, Montserrat Ruiz. A win in that one when you're 9-1-1 and 10-1 and is pushing you right up there uh, towards the top. So, um, there's some fights in this maybe on the undercards that are uh, bigger than maybe they look on paper. But, um, you know, looking forward to seeing where they go. Bellator as well have a card this weekend, um, on Friday night, I believe, um, Juliana Velasquez, who looked fantastic, uh, winning the belt in her last fight, um, now at 11-0, you know, is, is taking on Denise Keenholz, you know, Velasquez, obviously, you know, beating Elimelele McFarlane, who was kind of the golden girl, um, when was it, I think it was around last November, December, you know, in a fight, maybe a lot of people didn't expect her to win a great five-round unanimous decision win there. Still unbeaten. And, you know, Keyholz, okay, six and two. But she's been around for a while, you know, made her debut all the way back in, what, 2015. She's had lots of kickboxing bouts and different sort of things, uh, as well as won her last four in a row. Beat Kate Jackson last time out uh, at the, uh, in, in la you know, last October. So... You know, lot all finishes well those four fights. Um, she will be dangerous coming in here against Velasquez. She will, uh, you know, she'll put it right off there. I feel like Velasquez, the way she kind of controlled that fight, um, against uh, against Alima McFarlane is kind of maybe a sign of things to come, uh, in the future. And I think she'll probably do that again over maybe over five rounds. Although Kiels will be coming in here and she'll be trying her best to get that finish. But um, you know, it's uh. It's, it's a good fight, a good fight to headline it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, Tyrell Fortune against Matt Mitrion is uh, the next one there. I believe that fight was supposed to happen a while back, and it fell through. Uh, and and it's uh, here is the co-main event. You know, Matt Mitrion, he hasn't had the best time of it, I suppose, since going to Bellator with, as I mentioned, fights falling out and injuries and different things. Lost his last, what is it, two, three in a row. Lost to Bader, Harry Tanoff and Tim Johnson. Yeah, as I see here on, on the topology, this fight was cancelled three months ago. Um, 
So, you know, he did get that win over Fedor and he did get that win over over Ryan Nelson and a couple more as well. But in, you know, his last one was in 2018. He had the no contest as well against Sergei Haritanov. But Fortune, you know, this is a big name and a big move for him. You know, he lost to Timothy Johnson last year, but he's got two wins since. And this is a guy Bellator have kind of pushed in that heavyweight division and with, you know... um, Bader still away and and the uh, interim championship there now he could be the next guy in line if he wins this or you know Mitrion could be too if Bader is going to be away for another while so I the winner of this on Saturday night or Friday night even I think they could be calling out the uh, the champion uh, or the interim champion for the next one so this is a big fight and we'll, we'll see who wins that uh, CJ Hamilton looked good in uh, his last fight he takes on Matthias Maltos uh, Arlene Blinkow uh, in the 145 pound division against Diana Silva I believe she's around the top of the ranking so maybe Liam McCourt maybe Sinead Kavanagh will be having a look at this fight and maybe even you know Chris Eiberg might be having a look at this fight um, not the most you know not that many options in that division so if Blinko can get the win here or you know Silva um, you know she beats Blinko she's right up there as well so uh, that's uh, that's an interesting one as well uh, Johnny Eblen 8-0 against Travis Davis uh, Honey Marks is fighting here at uh, the, the heavyweight uh, division against Saeed Samoa. Uh, Cody Law, 3 all was, uh, I believe he was, I saw him in his last fight and he was he was uh, very, very impressive. Uh, yeah, I did indeed at the, uh, uh, a couple of months ago he fought in Bellator 256, 254 and 250 before that as well. So um, this guy is, uh, is, a, is a very, very good fighter and he's coming back here at the weekend. And uh, there's a few more fights as well. Diana Askarova, who a lot of people will know, the uh, the Russian bombshell, I think is probably her nickname. Um, she's back here as well, and she was impressive the last time out. So some uh, some good fights there uh, on Bellator also. Uh, there's a LFA fight, if you're into that thing. I believe it's on Fight Pass uh, this weekend. We have a 10-1, uh, 155-pounder, Rangel Desa against Islam or Ismail Bonfim even uh, in that one uh, Arthur Lima's fighting Rodrigo Lido Marcus Brino against Elias Farah so some of the up and comers you know in uh, in America will be on that so if you want to tune into that to see that and also there's a big uh, there's, there's actually two LFA cars there's one in six days from now as well I'm recording this here on what day am I recording it Tuesday Wednesday uh, but the big card in Europe I suppose this weekend is uh, LF or is uh, KSW by the time you're listening to this Sean Denise preview will be out for that card um, you know there's some Irish interest uh, in it with Pavel Politio is on the card against Bruno Santos um, I believe he's training out of SPG and Bruno is a, is a Brazilian uh, but Pavel you know a pretty good fighter um, won a big fight the last time out against uh, David Martinak who came into that fight uh, with a four and one record and beat a twenty seven and uh, fight veteran um, in Bogdan Barbu before that? So some very very good wins on his slate with only what eight fights in. Um, you know, beat Nathan Kelly before that, who was you know one of the and Adam Caffrey as well, Dylan Sheehan, some of the best around Ireland uh, in his first three or four fights. So big big stage for him with another tough opponent. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that one. You know, Bruno Santos. This is uh, <coughs> this is his second fight in KSW, if I'm not mistaken. Was uh, lost to Rakic in in his last one, but he has you know a good few wins as well. So that's a that's a big fight for him. Um, the main event is a 205 pound 
uh, matchup uh, between uh, Kalecki and Stozak. And as I said, Sean Dini will have a better preview of this than I will. But Arta Sovinsky, a really, really good fighter. 32, 33-odd fights <coughs> against uh, Sebastian Rakuski uh, is uh, is the co-main event on this. Marius Zoramskis on the card as well. Uh, against uh, Andrzej Zaribski and uh, plenty, plenty more fights. So, uh, lots of fights coming up this week uh, on the slate, all around the world, everywhere. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing them. One thing as well, I want to <laughs> just to end this uh, quick podcast on Rony, 16, 17 minutes in. I kind of mentioned it on the QA as well, but um, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to everyone who has. Uh, supported us supported the website as well this week it's been a big week a busy week and everything like that and i appreciate it all and i know you know we, we did the podcast uh on sunday and the, the reaction to it was very uh look i thought look i think most people were said we called it down the middle and liked it and and you know it said we would give a good show on but some people were saying we were too too hard on mcgregor uh, some people were saying we're too soft on McGregor. Some people were saying we're anti-Irish. Some people were saying we were Irish fanboys and everything like that. Um, now, two bits that I would I would take on that people said. I, look, I take it on. I take on everything that people said. Um, I was a bit harsh on Poirier. People said. I went back and I listened. I, you know, maybe that was right. I, you know, I, I did say I thought what McGregor did was way worse, and I one hundred percent say that. Uh, would continue to say that. Um, did I like Poirier walking over to someone with a broken ankle, no matter who it was? No, I didn't. I'm I'm going to say that always. I didn't like that. Did he come out looking like a complete scumbag after that fight, like McGregor did? No. Did McGregor look, come out looking like a scumbag after that fight? Yes, I think he did. I think McGregor, what he did was a hundred times worse. So on the Poirier part, I I still don't like what Poirier did. I will I will stand by that. But I'll make it clear because people. Uh, people were thinking that I was equating him I absolutely do not equate what McGregor said and did uh, to what Poirier said and did Poirier didn't really say anything but um, you know going over to him acting like that after he'd clearly broken his ankle I do not like that but McGregor you know uh, and I'll get to the McGregor part people said too soft on McGregor I think I think in the podcast we were more talking about the fight and the um the injury and what happens next and what happened directly afterwards um because i think we'd spoken an awful lot about mcgregor and his uh his antics on the build-up and i feel like people have already heard it but you know a lot more people are going to listen to the podcast they listen to a stream or on patreon or anything like that maybe i should have talked about it more so i'm on the feed here the free feed wherever i listen to it um and i'll say it now look my take on it was when McGregor, McGregor on the way into the fight in the interviews in the press conference was very much I thought at the time put on you know I thought it was very much kind of you know everything he was saying was kind of a little bit fake and the, the, the thing where he said he was going to kill Poirier I think sometimes we hear so much in MMA we're actually kind of numb to those things a little bit but when you take a quick step back it's awful you can't you should not be saying those sort of things you can't say those sort of things awful but I think what happened after the fight where McGregor continued to do it, when he was like in his Ross farm, made what he said before actually worse. I thought it was like, before he had the excuse of trying to be Conor McGregor, you know, trying to fake it a little bit. But afterwards it made everything else look honest and uh, legitimate and real, what he was saying, which makes it all look worse. I thought it was horrible. You know, his 
and you know don't misquote me or anything here though and don't say i'm taking it easy on him ranting here because i absolutely uh unequivocally condemn all the stuff he was saying saying that he was you know okay he's not going to come into paria's house and kill him but saying that awful calling his wife a whore absolutely fucking awful i can just imagine you know mcgregor's people at home listening to that and seeing him behave like that in such a horrible time where he's there with a broken ankle again it's just you know spilt milk on top of spilt milk it was terrible 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 um so there's that i hope i've cleared that up absolutely condemn what mcgregor said still don't like what paria said but what mcgregor did and said was a hundred times worse the fight itself the problem with the fight itself right and analyzing it i analyze that fight when i look at it and i have made a very 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 big point of doing this with every fight over the last few years because of the whole judging thing it's fighter a versus fighter b to me it very much is when it's conor mcgregor for people watching it and even myself included but i've gone back and watched it so many times now i feel like i've got it right the first time uh, i've people listen to this podcast no i haven't always got it right the first time i've gone back and i've changed my mind and things i feel like this is uh, if man united played liverpool right me and graham would totally disagree on the exact same thing and I feel like some people are either Team McGregor or anti McGregor. And the exact same thing, they could see the exact opposite way just because of their love for him or just because of their hate for him. I have no love or hate for Conor McGregor inside the cage once that starts. That's fighter A versus fighter B for me. Same thing goes for Amanda Nunes. Same thing goes for Joanne and Jacek. Same thing goes for Islam Makachev. Same thing goes for Greg Hardy. Same thing goes for Colby Covington. Same thing goes for your favourite fighter and the fighter you hate the most. I'm looking at the shots they land, the jiu-jitsu, I'm looking at the wrestling, I'm looking at all of that, right? And I analysed that fight at the weekend and I did it that way. And some people don't like that because it's Conor McGregor. And they're either Team Conor McGregor or they hate Conor McGregor. And now a lot of people aren't like that as well. You know, they take that step back and they realise what's what and they realise my job and the way I'm doing it. But I, 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 I didn't feel the need to need to come out and say that. I probably never would have, but it just came up uh, in my mind here. And I said I'd just give a quick explanation because something like maybe that's something people don't always understand. Maybe they think this is an Irish MMA podcast and we, we're supporting Irish MMA fighters or we are on their side or it's a, you know... Arsenal fan TV, which you know can be either a good thing, they hate them or they love them. You know, that's not it. I try to call it down the middle, whether it's an Irish person, whether it's a, an English, you know, American, whatever, whether I like their beliefs, whether I hate them as a person, whether I love them as a person. I think one about my favorite fighter, call it straight down the middle at the weekend. I thought Burns won, you know, that's what I try to do with every fight. Um, and I know that's maybe a tough thing to even think of someone doing when you're a fan or when you're looking at it like that. But I've done this for years and I've tried to do this for years. Now, you might still disagree with me. You might think the shots I didn't think were that big were way bigger. Now, in this fight, I explained a little bit in the Q&A and I went back and I watched the fight again. I think the main kind of crux and the main uh, difference we have here, look, on defeat relatively even i think mcgregor just about ahead until the last two or three shots that paria landed to make it a little bit more even if you think paria is ahead in the feet if you think mcgregor is ahead in the feet i wouldn't have too much i thought mcgregor was just ahead based on the leg kicks and everything like that um on the on the ground i thought paria la- look uh, the explanation i gave in the q a was this i think 
Daniel Cormier was saying Herb's about to step in Herb's about to step in it wasn't near that was this was Parrier not winning no absolutely Parrier was winning but I think let's say Parrier throws 15 elbows if he lands 5, 6, 7 of those that's him winning if he lands 15 of them or 14 of them maybe or 13 that's him almost getting the finish I don't think it was that I think it was him winning I think it was him winning well I think McGregor landed some nice elbows at the start when they went to the ground, was doing okay. Even the guillotine was close. I think he should have given it up a little bit earlier. But from that point, Poirier was winning. His elbows were harder than McGregor's elbows, I thought. And the big right hand he landed was hard. Some um, people were mentioning the, the glove grab. Um, I didn't notice at the time, but as people were saying that he grabbed the glove to up kick. Um, and I thought he was kind of just grabbing the glove to pull him back down, which McGregor kind of said himself afterwards he was, so maybe that's why I, I missaw it or something. I'm not sure, to be honest. If it was to land the upkick, I think that's, you know, pretty bad, and Herb war- should have warned him. That's Herb's fault, not, you know, it's, it's McGregor's fault as well, but I, it's more Herb's fault, I think. Uh, if he was trying to pull him down, I just think it was a bad move. But, um, you know, they got back to the feet because of that, and I think, like, at that point... I think that's a 10-9 round for Poirier. Um, I didn't think think he landed anything that was almost finishing the fight. I didn't think there was anything 10-8 there. What happened afterwards, let's leave the leg break aside for a second, right? McGregor fell to the ground after the leg break. Poirier landed 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 shots on the ground. If you want to turn that into a 10-8 from there with big ground upon where the fight's almost finished, it could be a 10-8. I still think it's basically a 10-9 because McGregor blocked a lot of those and the damage from the broken leg was done by himself, not by Poirier. Um, so that that is my explanation of the fight. That's my breakdown of the fight from a fighter A versus fighter B perspective. If it was McGregor versus Poirier, Poirier versus McGregor. If it was Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, I call it the exact same way. Um, I think that's the way we must do it. But um, yeah, look, on, on the leg break thing as well, last thing... Um, there's lots of videos going around, lots of different things. I I haven't seen anything conclusive, you know? Uh, Joe Rogan put up one from, I think it was Eric Nixick, where he kicked the elbow. Um, and a lot of people are saying, oh, there it is. I, I don't see it. And may, you're listening to this and you're probably saying, what the fuck, how do you not see it? I think, look, John Kavanagh said he, he was injured. and He was injured coming into it. I think it was the injury. I think it was McGregor kicking the leg five or six times. I think it was McGregor kicking the elbow. I think all of that led to McGregor having um, an issue with his leg that was made worse and worse and worse. But then it snapped when he stood on it. And if you're looking for the big thing that ended McGregor's uh, or that hurt McGregor's leg that was the cause of this breaking you're not going to find it apart from the last second where he snapped it when he stood on it and that is it that's for me that's unequivocal that's just fact everyone is looking for the second he did it the, where it broke where the injury happened you're not going to find that because it just doesn't exist the we're, we're trying to deny what we're seeing right in front of us. The tape is there, lads. There was 50 fucking films. There were 50, uh, 50 different angles of it. There was no clear um, hurting, breaking of the leg until the very last step back. None. Just wasn't there. Now, did one shot make it worse than the others? Maybe. Did all five shots make it equally worse? Maybe. Did the one that happened, uh, you know, whenever John Kavanagh said it, go, it did a month ago or three weeks ago or whenever in training, um, 
was that the worst one and there was two or three in this time and the last one was just the end maybe but there wasn't one single blow like and i'm not saying this to take a win away from Poirier or anything the one people are are pointing out is mcgregor kicking the elbow which is not you know a Poirier win anyway or uh, whatever look look it's Poirier win because it was a doctor stoppage and mcgregor couldn't continue but a Poirier technique that won the fight i don't think Poirier is even uh, saying that, you know, as Graham said in the podcast at the weekend, Poirier kind of said, oh, I checked the leg kick and then kind of, like, backed up on it a little bit. And I don't think anyone is, is saying that. So it's not like I'm begrudging Poirier win or being Team McGregor and taking it away from him. I'm just trying to look for the truth here in the madness because all the madness is is that. You know, you have the two sides of it. You have people trying to look for the answer here where we don't really have an answer. But, however... Uh, that's it for me. Hope you enjoyed all of that and my rants. I probably have loads of uh, people <laughs> giving me shit again after this, but however, um, thanks for all of the support last week and this week. Look forward to the fights this weekend, uh, and I appreciate you listening in. We'll see you all next time. Good luck. <laughs>